Oh, hey, y'all. We try to lighten it up on Friday's edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. It might be a little difficult to do that, considering what the Fear and Death Administration is doing, targeting children with mRNA injections and more experiments to come for younger and younger ages. Three months of age? Sure, why not? Why not? uh, Well, I won't even go where I'm going to go. Well, I might go where I'm going to go, but when I go there, you'll know it (laughs) when we start the show. Hey, I'm really excited. We've got Andy Wakefield scheduled for the first hour. He's got a new movie about infertility, vaccine-induced, in fact, infertility out of Africa. Could it be coming to a theater or a body near you, yours included, or has it already? That's part of the discussion. And then a first, uh, second hour, we got a guest we've never had on, my, my good friend, um, Ann Archer Butcher connected us with jo- Jocelyn Durant, and we're going to talk about uh, consciousness 360 and well, difficult personalities to deal with. I think we all have to get a little help with that, don't we? So that's coming up real practical and pragmatic stuff on the Robert Scott Bell show today. Please share the show. Let everybody know we're on. Maybe we'll go out on Facebook live today if they don't ban us for being hate speech. Where's the hate speech? I don't know. It's not here, but come on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen, chime it in. How y'all doing? Thanks for being here. Let's get this going. And Andy Wakefield scheduled as well. Hour one. I can't wait. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. All right, we're back. It's starting up. It's a Friday show. And Super Don, uh, we're going to talk about the mechanics of the show. I just got a call from Andy Wakefield and he received a link that goes to a Google meetup, which is not what we're using. Uh, so if you can resend uh, the direct link to restream, he's ready to connect with us uh, to be on the show, of course. Uh, so anyway, I, I think that somehow those things embed and they grab the wrong thing. So, uh, well, you, since we're talking, sh- since we're talking shop here, yeah, um, yeah, why not? yeah. What happens if you use Google calendar and you yeah. set up a, uh, a, a Google you put you, with the, yeah. the calendar, it automatically with Google Calendar has a Google Meetup link that's built into it. Okay. But I sent the link to his assistant, Christina. So is that what I need to resend or am I resending? You know what? They- send me the actual link to drop you it. You have his email right address you can send to him directly. Right, exactly. And I can drop it in directly to Andy. That would Welcome be- to the Robert Scott Bell Show. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, this is what happens. Uh, we're okay. Uh, we don't have anybody yelling and screaming at us. It's just, a, just us. Uh, couple of guys doing a show it's friday guys it is let's see we made it we made it to the end of the week copy this copy link and how do we get it to uh andy do some other announcements while i'm doing this because i i don't want to miss let's see wake some other announcements um gee i don't know did Mm -hmm. you guys get the uh get the newsletter this morning oh i wonder if some cool stuff on the newsletter including the poll of the day Mm-hmm. Um, the poll of the day is based on a story we'll be covering later, but I'll give you just a quick preview. Um, question is how much money per year would it take for you to live your best life? Mm-hmm. What would it take? What, what would be the dollar amount for you to say, you know what? I am living my best life because I'm making X number of dollars a year mm-hmm. and uh, lots of options here. Would it take billions of dollars? Billions of dollars. I hear Dr. Evil right now. Yeah. Uh, would it take millions of dollars? How about a million dollars a year? Could you do it? Could you, could you live your best life making uh, between like $100,000, $900,000 a year? How about between $50,000 and $100,000? Could you live your best life on just $50,000 a year? Or are you one of those people that look at it 
from a maybe a more of a I don't know a, a different perspective and say you know what I don't need money to live my best life. Yeah. So <laughs> that is the question, and uh, towards the end, I guess at the end of the show. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back over that. Let me let us know what you think. All right. So I sent it to Andy. We should be fine. Now okay. I want to open up with some two serious serious stories here. First, from the Defender talking about what FDA advisors got wrong about the COVID jabs for young kids. This is by our good friend. James Lyons-Weiler, Dr. Jack, PhD. And real quick, I want to go through them because it's it's so disgusting. It's like, what's the point of having a, an FDA if they're, if they're proclaiming or claiming to be the arbiters of science, much less how to protect us or children? They, beyond fail miserably, they do the opposite of what they are supposed to be doing. Number one, they proceeded for recommendation of approval based on a guess that three doses will correct negative efficacy. There's no evidence that it's two doses will result in functional efficacy to protect children that are not even in harm's way in this case. No, there's no, no real risk to children. Number two on the list, the problem is also that the result, uh, this result confirms or validates the result of the two-dose vaccine, which it, at best it was like negative efficacy. It's like, this is what you're using to say, hey, we should go after six-month-old kids? Number three on this list by Dr. Jack, they relied on proxy outcome measures, neutralizing antibodies. Neutralizing antibodies sound good, but they are the wrong kind for the so-called Wuhan 1 virus, uh, which is basically gone, right? And I know we, we talk controversies about uh, viruses here, so don't, don't get your uh, panties in a bunch over this issue. I'm not going to go into it in detail yet. We'll get Dr. Jack on to talk more about those controversies. But the... Uh, in fact, the, the prediction here is that jabs for kids is going to create more problems, more COVID or COVID-like manifestations, more hospitalizations. Number four on this list of the failure of FDA, given the three points I just listed before, the FDA might just as well be staring at a blank sheet of paper and rubber stamping the approval. That is basically what they do. It's a rubber stamp uh, group of folks that if they have any questions or, or uh, if they vote no, they are replaced by the time they hold the meeting again. This is how they learn. Just vote yes and pay no attention to actual science. Number five, no one raised the issue of failure to meet the FDA's required 50% efficacy rate. They didn't even meet it and they didn't even acknowledge that they needed to, that they're required to. Moderna and Pfizer's own endpoint data fall short of that 50% mark. And uh, they don't even, uh, I guess, report all the adverse events in that context. Number six on the list, the numbers are ridiculously small. Let, listen to this. Pfizer showed an estimated 80.3% vaccine efficacy rate. What is it based on? Seven cases in the placebo group and three in the vaccine group. If we tried to do that for a dietary supplement or a mineral of any kind, we would be laughed off the stage. Are you kidding me? You're going to base everything on seven placebo group seven and three in a vaccine group? And then the 80%. What, what basis in reality does that have at all? And you'll see the charts here that Dr. Jack puts out. Number seven, they're ignoring the risk of altered neurodevelopment. Who cares? Why do we care about children? Uh, because we're the FDA. All we care about is big pharma that owns and controls us. The Moderna for a vaccine job, not a vaccine, but jab, especially high numbers of high fevers, greater than 104. And of course, those are associated with neurological damage and, and including uh, autism, and especially those that are given Tylenol or acetaminophen. Number eight, Moderna presented antibody data against the reference strain, Wuhan 1, but we don't only care about how good it is at generating antibodies. They know that. It's not, it's not, it's not the right kind anyway. 
Number nine, inconsistent case definition. This is one of my favorites. Moderna ran only PCR tests if patients in the vaccinated group had two symptoms. In other words, they made up their own clinical designation for COVID-19. And even CDC's case definition is wrong. This is a a failed uh, agency. Although it's not a failed agency, if its intent and purpose is is to rubber stamp green light mRNA injections for everybody, including children who are not really at risk. And that is number 10, risk of hospitalization is cited out of context. One committee member compared the risk of a child dying from COVID-19 to a person being struck by lightning. They showed the Omicron hospitalization rate surge, yet it's much lower than than that for influenza. Number 11, failures of FDA in approving an emergency use authorization for children six months and up. They may have broken the rules of engagement for open meetings. Wow, really? Could they could they violate their own? Yeah, of course. They'll violate every rule possible to rubber stamp what they're supposed to rubber stamp. This is not, this is not a, a legitimate organization. And if the FDA approves it, I've said for many, many years here, my 23rd year in broadcast media, if the FDA approves it, it's likely a good idea to do the opposite or just not do whatever they're saying is approved and good for you because it's likely not. And it likely could kill you. FDA approves those substances for injection that also contribute to to being the third leading cause of death in America in the West. Second study here from the archive.ph. It's a uh, Wall Street Journal news exclusive originally. Headline reads, Moderna to study its COVID-19 vaccine in babies as young as three months. Good Lord, is there any sanity anywhere? (laughs) That's, I think, one of the biggest stories of the day. Yeah. Uh, between that and the fact that the FDA did actually approve the uh, the the vaccine for the six month to five year olds today, that the panel advised it yesterday, and the FDA did officially approve it today. So they're expecting the the vaccine for the six months uh, six month olds to be ready in about a week. But that's not good enough. We need three months. No, three months, three months. Yeah. Hey, how low can we go? Can we vaccinate the baby before it's born? Yeah, I think so, that, that should be the next one, right? What What parent would enroll their infant in this? That's a that's a tragedy. But that shows you how far we are from any semblance of uh, protecting children from the dangerous uh, uh, injections of the pharmaceutical church satanic at this point i mean how else would you describe it look we've talked about the controversy even with traditional vaccines prior to mrna injections a three-month-old a six-month-old why the hep why the hep c or 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 hep b uh, shots can they even elicit an antibody response naturally no they rely on maternal uh immunity run from moms through breast milk ideally and yet now moderna is going to study three-month-old babies why were there is there any evidence that three month old babies were at risk from covid at six months at a year at three years at six years the only risk is the jab itself the reality is kids look go back in time to the original uh, vaccine paradigm and arguably and i think it's pretty on solid sound scientific foundation in immunology a kid three months and six months of age and arguably some say up to six years but certainly in, in the first year, two years of life, they don't have an immune system mature enough to even elicit artificially, much less naturally, an antibody response, an adaptive immune response. And Moderna says we're going to inject mRNA shots into three months olds. Well, why? Where's the emergency? 
the Fear and Death Administration is not only an illegitimate organization as it comes to protecting you and me and children, it's quite the opposite. It's a murderous organization responsible for 106,000 to 784,000 deaths a year. That was before COVID and the COVID jabs, much less authorized kidney killing drugs like remdesivir and ventilators that very few people ever recover from when they're put on it. To say that we live in an insane asylum when it comes to modern medicine and the ownership and control of our government and our government bureaucratic agencies is that if anything, it's an understatement. Insanity doesn't begin to explain it. This is a Luciferian agenda. Now, question mark about fertility issues and infertility issues. We've pointed out many times over the years, uh, there's a, a story out of Africa that the tetanus shots were laced with human chorionic gonadotropin, HCG antigens. Why would you do that unless you wanted to elicit an antibody or an immune response against HCG rise in the body? When does it rise mostly? When there's a pregnancy. Dr. Andy Wakefield, who's now a, I would say, prolific filmmaker, in addition to his brilliance and his integrity as a pediatric gastroenterologist uh, out of England, now here in the United States of America, you know him from Vax, from Cover Up to Catastrophe, and a whole lot more we've covered from Seventh Chakra Films and more. A new film is just released, Infertility, a Diabolical Agenda. And let's welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show, Dr. Andrew Wakefield. Uh, Andy, let's see if we can get you out on the show here. Andy, are you there? I am, Robert. I'm, I'm on my phone. For some reason, your guys sent me a text rather than an email, so, uh, so I'm stuck on my phone at the moment. Um, oh, you know, I, I was hoping, like I was multitasking while we were on the show. Super Don was doing something. We had sent the link to whoever, but... I only had your text and I have a info at seventh chakra films that I sent it to before. And I don't know if that got to you. So you look good on there. I don't know if it'll convert to horizontal or not, but we'll take you vertically. If that's all we got that. Well, let's, um, let's see, shall we? Let's see. Uh, what do I have to do here? Let's see if we can turn it to vertical. Uh, yeah. Just turn the phone physically in space and let's see if it converts. Um, can you physically, there it is. Let's see if it adapts. No, you go sideways. No, it doesn't work. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry about that, but it will we'll roll with it, Andy. It's good to see you, my friend. And I'm so grateful that uh, your work as a filmmaker is only getting better with each, each uh, uh, project you undertake. And this is another one that is decidedly devastating for those that worship still at the vaccine altar or religion of vaccinology as opposed to what you've invested your life in as a physician as well, good sound science. And when you woke up to see the, uh, the issues happening in the pediatric uh, population in England, uh, that was, of course, the great controversy when you were simply reported what was observed in your findings. They attacked you and you became persona non grata on the planet Earth when it comes to MMR shots and other things. And yet all you did was point out what you observed, which is what a good scientist does. And here you are all these years later, I think greatly surpassing their reach because they attacked you in, in your efforts in filmmaking. So if you want to transit uh, through any of the stories to get to this point or just go right into this new film and how I set it up. No, I think you, you set it up perfectly. So let's, let's talk about that. I, um, we just finished editing and, and releasing 1986, the act, the story of the history behind the national childhood vaccine injury act. And, uh, the giving of liability protection to the pharmaceutical industry, to the vaccine manufacturers, 
so that they had no liability for deaths and damages caused by their vaccines. And so that was out there. And then my editor, Claire Dooley, was going through some footage that had been sent to her from East Africa, from Kenya. And um, they were looking to tell a story of the infertility vaccine. And, and I looked at this footage and there's a great danger, Robert, in, in, a, in as a director, taking someone else's footage that you might have shot in a different way, questions you might have asked in a slightly different way or pursued in a different way. Um, but this story was so utterly compelling that I felt that it was worth the risk. And so it really is essentially a story, as you say, it's been out there for a long time, but this is its resolution. This is the key to hang on to and why it is so relevant to uh, the Western world, to developed countries. And it was a, an acrimonious debate that had been going on for a very long time between, on the one hand, the World Health Organization and the Kenyan Public Health Service, and on the other hand, the uh, Kenyan Catholic Doctors Association and the Catholic Bishops Association. And the allegation was that under the guise of a neonatal tetanus prevention program, the World Health Organization had conducted a, an infertility program, an infertility vaccine program in millions of women across the world, but here specifically in Kenya. And um, this battle raged, it went back and forth. As you say, the molecule in question was human chorionic gonadotrophin. The allegation was this, this molecule, which should not be in the tetanus vaccine, was present. And what the World Health Organization unambiguously had been doing since the early 70s, and this is widely published by themselves, was trying to develop a successful anti-fertility vaccine. And the way in which they did that, when they injected HCG, human chorionic gonadotrophin on its own, it didn't do anything. It didn't elicit an immune response, but they found that when they joined it together with the tetanus toxoid from the tetanus vaccine, then the combination molecule, that fused bonded molecule, then elicited an immune response. The tetanus toxoid acted as a sort of adjuvant to induce an immune response. And that was given, when given in five doses, a successful anti-fertility vaccine. What it would do is abort existing pregnancies or prevent pregnancies from occurring. occurring. Andy, I got to ask you a question because you, you sure. relayed to me, to all of us, that in fact they had tested HCG injections to see if it would elicit an immune response that would terminate or prevent pregnancy. So this wasn't an happenstance accidental, oh, we've got HCG contamination in tetanus vaccines that suddenly millions of people around the world, particularly in Africa, were getting and that are claiming, oh, this was just an accident, a lab a spillover. You're telling me there was a concerted effort to develop an uh, infertility or a vaccine that would induce infertility for purposes of population reduction, or maybe there wasn't purposes. I don't know. And then they implemented it. And then they found out it worked with the tetanus toxoid in the tetanus vaccine. Are, are we talking about a DTP or DPT or DPAT? What, what are we talking, DTAP? Or are we talking about a tetanus only? The tetanus toxoid, yeah. Just the tetanus toxoid. And they had to fuse the molecule together. So no, this wasn't um, contentious, the fact that they were doing it. It's widely published in the medical literature and and they started in the early 70s funded by the world health organization mm. and they succeeded they declared that they got a successful anti-fertility vaccine around the early 1990s and so 
um, when they so they decided how how will we reconcile this heated debate between these the World Health Organization and these doctors? Mm -hmm. What they decided to do was to bring in samples from the field that were being administered to mothers to women of of childbearing age that they'd labeled as the anti as, as the tetanus vaccine program. Bring in those samples and test them in an accredited laboratory in Nairobi. Bring in samples also from the government stores, tetanus toxoid vaccine that had the same batch number as the field samples. Mm -hmm. When they did that, what they found is that more than half of the samples from the field were positive for HCG and none, zero of the 52 samples from the government were, were, were positive. And at that stage, yeah. they went on the offensive as they do. They launched the media, they launched everything at the doctors who had raised these concerns. They had them hauled up in front of their licensing committee with the aim of having them uh, disbarred as doctors. They alleged, and, and it's even worse than saying it, did, it must have got in there by accident. They yeah. insinuated that the, the Catholic Church in Kenya, which is a very big healthcare provider, had deliberately contaminated the samples. That was the inference. That, really? And so it was an effort to totally discredit uh, the Catholic Church and the doctors who were concerned. And then the story gets really, really interesting because okay. that's. I'm already interested. You got me. You caught me. Everybody's going to want to watch this film. And we have it linked up, by the way, the infertility uh, movie. It's linked up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. We're talking with Dr. Andy Wakefield. If you've just joined us, we're going to play, in fact, the trailer for it so everybody can see it in a moment as well. Uh, Andy, before we get into the even really interesting things, I think the whole thing is. Uh, remember when you posited that the combination of the MMR, maybe we should just break it up, right? That all three at once. Were, and they were like, oh, what a, sh yeah, how horrible. And I'm thinking DPT or DTAP, the three of those. That's why I asked you the question about, was it just tetanus? Because apparently you can't get the just tetanus, you know, people that want just they, nowhere else, but apparently in Africa with the HCG added in. Yeah. We're going to do that one. How the heck did that happen? Yeah, a lot of experimentation. They tried all kinds of different adjuvants, vaccines to combine with the HCG molecule, but it was the tetanus toxoid that worked best. So it was uh, clearly when they say we can't separate these things out for those that just want one or the other. Obviously, we're not a big pro-vaccine show, Andy, you know that. But at the same time, I'm a pro-freedom guy. If someone were wanting to get something, I'd say, you know, let the market uh, rule itself, but there is no real market. This is an artificial market. And of course, Andy, through all of this, you discovered that these pharmaceutical researchers or whoever was conducting this mass vaccine campaign got informed consent from everybody because they knew HCG was in the tetanus shot, right? Absolutely not. And there's the tragedy. Not only there no informed consent, even worse, Robert, what they were told, what these mothers were told is they were doing something to protect their child from neonatal tetanus. They were part of a neonatal tetanus eradication program. Yeah. They weren't just denied fully informed consent that their pregnancy would abort or that they would be unable to get pregnant in the future. Mm. They were told something quite the opposite, that they were doing this to protect their unborn child once they were came into the world. And so it, it comes if it's true, and that's what the film reveals, mm -hmm. if it were true, then it would be a new moral and ethical depth for the World Health Organization to have plumbed. 
and it really throws into sharp relief what role the World Health Organization should or should not have in determining global health policy, global vaccine policy, pandemic response. Mm -hmm. And these people, Robert, uh, they are not fit for a haircut, let alone running you're right i mean we i joke about pediatricians the only safe thing they do is measure the circumference of a head now i'm questioning that uh what else would they do in that tape measure that you wouldn't know is there uh this is uh, not stunning to me because we've seen the depravity of the pharmaceutical church for a long time and i just think as i'm meeting more and more physicians that have opened up to the reality that you opened up to many years ago with your discovery to look back on the entire history of the vaccination campaign and find out it wasn't really rooted in sound scientific principle. We've talked about the lack of uh, safety and efficacy studies, certainly no double blind placebo control test. And, you know, we were chided as conspiracy theorists for bringing that up or just dismissed that it's just not needed for vaccines like everything else we talk about. And now I'm seeing and hearing physicians, even like Peter McCullough, who's been you know, speaking out against, for instance, the uh, COVID jabs very vociferously, if I can use that word. And at the last event, we were just together at Nashville, the Nurse Freedom Network. Shout out to Kimberly Overton, a wonderful nurse stepping up and doing doing right by all the things she perceives now as a nurse she did wrong, that uh, he would not vaccinate anymore. He would certainly not vaccinate his children anymore. And talking about all of that going back in time. So there's a mass, if I can say, I don't know if it's mass, but an awakening uh, to harsh realities that many in the physician community didn't want to see because the programming and the training that got them to their their status and their uh, established uh, practice, if you will. It's really interesting to watch these new doctors come to the fore. It's wonderful. 17,500 now They in just one group alone of doctors and scientists who have come out against the, the COVID shot. And, and it's interesting to hear them when they give talks they would say, well, I'm not anti-vaccine, childhood vaccines are fine, I'm okay with those, but I am anti this vaccine. Mm -hmm. And what they don't understand, because they've come to it uh, relatively recently, is that having been in it 30 years, what I would tell them is this, that that's the way we all started. I started with concerns about MMR, not the other vaccines, those evolved as I began to research them. Bobby Kennedy, started with thimerosal, the mercury preservative in some of the vaccines. Uh, Chris Exley from the UK started with aluminum. And then we all came to the realization that it was much more complex than we previously imagined. It was much more complex by the hand of man because we'd made it much more complex because the vaccine schedule had become so much more complex and therefore the potential for adverse reactions, for adverse interactions between the vaccines for a whole series of new adverse outcomes mm -hmm. was manifestly obvious. And, and so when these people come to this anew, please listen to the history because mm -hmm. the history is extremely important of how we all, all reasonable people came to this point in our understanding of what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, Dr. Wakefield, I, I, you know, I ask as well folks for compassion in this scenario as these physicians come to a, a, a new horrific realization, not only about, of course, the COVID jab, uh, but the, uh, by the way, it's Terry Oranga shouting out from uh, Autism One. So I got to reach out to her. I'll be at that event. And Andy, you've been at that event for years. But uh, I just want to say that as physicians are awakening to this horrorful, horrific reality, and as you pointed out initially, and I got cut off for a moment, I apologize, but that 
they say, I'm not against blah, 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 fill in the, va- the old other vaccines. But now I'm seeing people that have been immersed in this for a couple of years are actually going back now. Like I said, with Peter McCullough, just talking with him about it in a small group and says, no, I've now realized I'm not going to do this again, any of them. So there is a, a time frame in terms of immersion and programming in human consciousness. And I don't mean just about the physicians when the kind of schooling you went through and all of that, but in any walk of life, a lot of programming takes place to get to the point where we conclude certain things about reality. And so there are certain things are very difficult to look at, especially when you say, oh my gosh, I've actually participated. I didn't know. Yet those that have woken up are trying to do better and I applaud them for it. And I, and I welcome everybody who wakes up and makes these changes, significant changes from the nurse and medical community. And Andy, in the last couple of years, I've been meeting weekly locally. And, and this has been going on everywhere, just about physicians of all backgrounds, allopathic, medical, osteopathic, chiropractic, naturopathic, homeopaths like me, herbalists, nurses coming together. And we have been sharing information, data, clinical experience. Because our bottom line was what everybody that went in to become a physician, for the most part, said, I want to help people. And yet they were hampered and didn't know they were hampered by their training or handicapped by it. So the good that's coming out of the bad, as it often happens in history, we only wake up after harsh things occur. And and including the story, and I don't mean to divert from the infertility movie because we're going to come back to it as well, uh, that these tragedies in our past have to come out and we have to confront them and face them, whatever role we play, not to condemn so much unless they know better and they don't do better. Then, of course, there's some some leeway to say, hey, folks, don't be a coward. Speak out about this. You don't want to be part of the problem once you're aware of the problem. So there's there's so many factors that come into what you're doing with this film that lead to so many things that we've witnessed, including the WHO, which you brought up. Yeah, I, I, what, one thing that's fascinating and, and is relevant to what you were saying is the, the good thing, the silver lining of the COVID cloud, something that has been enhanced greatly by film, and this is what I found is film is so powerful, is that that combination has got, taken us from a situation when I got involved in this 30 years ago, Robert, where there were literally a handful of people worldwide mm-hmm. who were prepared to discuss the thorny issue of vaccine safety to more than half the world. That is where we are right now, more than half the world. I read the other day that 72% of Americans, American adults are refusing to comply with the CDC's recommended schedule for COVID vaccine. They didn't get the first dose or they didn't get the second dose or they refused to get the booster dose. That is a majority, it's a big majority. And that majority is what the media, the mainstream media would label as anti-vaxxers. They're going against the mainstream recommendation, the mainstream. That is winning, Robert. It's uncomfortable. It's incredibly uncomfortable. And those who are new to this, you may not appreciate it. It may seem very dark, very grim. But in fact, we are coming through it to a point of global realization of who it is we're dealing with. Yeah, it, it may be that they can no longer claim that Andy Wakefield's responsible for everybody in England not getting MMR shots anymore. And it's like, as much as you had an impact simply by observing and reporting on what you observed or the little things we've done on this show for now 23 years, nothing, nothing we could have done or said could have resulted in this massive shift in looking at not just this jab or these jabs of mRNA, but now going back and saying, we got to reassess everything we thought we knew. That's not your fault. That's not my fault. I don't have delusions of grandeur. I know you don't, 
But the reality is now we are seeing it and the consciousness to even accept a film like yours that points out something horrific within just basic level science, much less a specific science trying to assess uh, a, a vaccine and its results on a population without any informed consent and resulting in something that is the opposite of what they promised. I mean, it's just like, how much more do you define or however do you find evil? I mean, this really falls into that category. Yeah. And the other thing uh, to point out, you know, a lot of people in the, U the U.S. in particular might say, well, why is this Kenyan story relevant to us? Why should we can be concerned or take any notice? And there's a wonderful prophetic statement by the late Dr. Karanja at the end of the film. And after relating the entire experience of what he'd been through with his colleagues in relation to in anti-infertility or infertility vaccines, he said, when they're finished with Africa, they're coming for you. Keep your children ready. They will come for them and they will come for you. And never were truer words spoken. That is exactly what has happened. And I think, you know, if people don't take that warning, don't heed that warning from Dr. Karanja, then it's going to be a very dark time indeed. Well, let's take a moment to view the trailer. It's not that a minute and a half long, but give gives you a sense of what this film is about beyond what we're discussing here. And then we'll talk about um, any reactions, if there's anything going on in the chat room or whatever, or some other the uh, mysteries that are unfolding here through what you've discovered with this film and uh, building upon others that have been screaming from the rooftops about this thing. And uh, again, once again, I'm grateful for you, Dr. Andy Wayfield, putting this film out. So check out this infertility uh, movie. And uh, let's play that clip and uh, the links are there as well. Humans across the globe are becoming increasingly less fertile. The worldwide fertility rate dropped by nearly 60%. What's happening here? Infertility is one of the major problems in gynecology in Africa. Currently we have a tetanus campaign. We are targeting girls basically the childbearing age. The Catholic uh, Doctors' Association was able to collect samples during the vaccination exercise. They did not expect that these samples would actually be tested. Somebody actually had something big to hide. The lab that they purported to have tested the vaccine has actually confirmed to me that uh, no such a thing ever happened. No laboratory ever tested the vaccine. That is not correct. Which leads us to a disturbing turn of events. If you do not stop World Health Organization, when they are through with Africa, they're coming for you. I am not saying that if you take these vaccines, it will cause infertility, but I will say that none of the manufacturers should give you any assurances whatsoever that it won't. History repeats itself, infertilitymovie.org, and it is out and available for viewing. We have links up. You can watch the full movie now. We have a link to infertilitymovie.org where you just put your uh, name and email in, and you're going to get uh, updates as well. And I understand you work with Children's Health Defense and Bobby Kennedy on this project, and uh, you directed it. Um, again, you, your skill level is just is just ratcheting up with every project, Andy. I love what you're doing. But this, this story uh, is such that... Uh, how would you have ever perceived that they would have done this intentionally back in the day as a young medical student, much less a medical doctor, you would enter a field that not everybody recognized it as 
those of us who have a history in homeopathy and other things that there was an antagonistic approach to anything that would compete with it. But to the point that they'd be willing to do such horrific things. It's, it's extraordinary. I, just to mention, Robert, that the, the trailer didn't play for me. It may have played. Okay. Computers, but it, it didn't play. I just wanted to let you know, because people, I don't want people to think that was, if that's what they saw, that was the trailer. It wasn't. Um, Did but, what, what we played uh, was in fact a minute and a half trailer for the movie. Was it not? That's fine. It just, yeah. it may, I'm switched off because I'm on the show with you. That may be gotcha. the reason. But um, yeah, I, when I was a medical student, like you, you know, I was taught that there is absolutely no place at any time, anywhere, for anything to be, any medical pr procedure to be undertaken on a patient without fully informed consent. Unless, of course, their life is at risk and they're unconscious and they cannot give that consent and you have to act there and then. But other than those extreme circumstances, which rarely present themselves, there is no excuse for not giving patients prior fully informed consent, uh, which must be voluntary. They must know exactly what the known risks and benefits are. And none of this, none of these women, these poor women were availed of any of this. And, and indeed many of them lost pregnancies as a consequence of, of this vaccine, this anti-fertility vaccine. And it, it really is morally reprehensible that it should ever have been allowed to happen. And to be something that they're proud of, they want to extend, they want to, and what they don't realize is that when you mess with nature, I mean, we look at the, the global uh, fertility profile now, as you know, it's, it's plummeting. Sperm counts in men are plummeting, fertility in women is plummeting, uh, menstrual irregularities, all kinds of things are emerging which, for which we do not have an explanation. Here's one sector of it for which we do have an explanation, that is the deliberate administration of an anti-fertility vaccine, but we've got these, the vast majority of this body of infertility, we do not know the cause. And when we look at the natality curves for countries, the birth rate versus the, the mortality, then the, the natality is exceeded by mortality. And if you stay on that curve, that is an extinction curve. That mm -hmm. is of the human race, the end of the species. That is where we're going. And you can only correct that if you, one, admit to knowing what's causing it or research what's causing it and establish that fact so that you can eliminate that exposure. But we're not in that position. So there, it's a very much more complex issue than just what happened in Kenya. But it's something that we really need to pay attention to. And I, for my sins, did not pay attention to this for a very long time while I was working on the MMR and autism issue, but people brought it to my attention. Um, is this a, a population control agenda? And I should have paid more attention then. But, uh, well, or even the data coming out uh, by you know, physicians and researchers regarding uh, health outcomes of those who are fully vaccinated in America versus partially or not at all. And these are the observations I've made. We've talked about on the air and off the air a bit. And then, you know, Paul Thomas and, and uh, Neil Miller and Brian Hooker putting these, this information out in published uh, literature. Of course, it's not popular in the published literature, but in some cases they try to, re you know, remove it. But um, the reality is, you know, we're seeing chronic, devastating degenerative conditions in, in young people that used to be only for very old people. That was common and expected in a sense. And, uh, you know, my story and my journey is having chronic diseases from year zero and the canary in the coal mine of my generation, which 
caused me to be on this path in this lifetime. Well, I need to go into medicine being warned not to by my uncle, the medical doctor, and then finding homeopathy and a different way to go to undo the damage that was done to me and then help others to, to reverse it or maybe not even enter it. And, and, you know, the growing awareness that you brought out about infertility or fertility rates plummeting prior to this story, right? And prior to the COVID jab, we've talked about uh, toxic poisons in the food, genetic modifications, fertilizers, pesticides, herbicides, all of these things diminishing sperm counts and other fertility issues. With the COVID jab itself, I've been meeting with fertility experts and nurses in fertility clinics, and they're reporting outrageous levels of, of failure you know, to, to inseminate much less, uh, implant as well as, um, uh, just the, the, what we call rates of, of, uh, spontaneous abortions or what they call, uh, um, I, my mind is, I'm, I'm getting a little emotional here about this issue, Andy. <laughs> uh, I, I just look at this and then we go, let's go back into the bigger picture of the Bill Gates of the world, the globalists that are proud of this. And, and factly, they say, I'm, we're overtly trying to reduce world population. And in, in cases of controversy, Bill Gates said, if we can only vaccinate the world, we could not have this problem. It's like you tend to ask the question, then, then what does that mean? If we were to vaccinate the world, we wouldn't have overpopulation. How do you interpret that as they try to explain it away? It's what was his, his words where we could reduce the world population by 15 percent if we're successful with these vaccine programs. There's an extraordinary paradox, a contradiction. Yeah. You know, if you are making people healthier, why are you reducing the world's population unless there's a deliberate attempt to interfere with fertility? Yeah, I just, you know, I've I've known about this for years, but still, even when you, especially when you see it in a film, which is a dramatic way to bring these stories together and follow and track it. And then suddenly now the little disparate bits of information that you might have heard or put together. And that's, again, the gift and beauty of filmmaking and what you're doing and how you've, you know, retooled your life from pediatric, uh, you know, uh, doctor of gastroenterology to do, I think, what is more important in terms of communicating what is the great danger, not only to our guts, <laughs> which associate to the immune system, but our very ability to procreate as a species. And you talk about extinction level events at what rate of fertility decline would result in we can't replace the population that we have, much less maintain it. Yes, and I think the other, the other consequence is you see a shift in the age profile of a population. So there are fewer and fewer younger people being born and the population ages out. And you're faced with a, an elderly population or a, a, a skewed towards the elderly population who um, put an increased demand upon the social infrastructure that's just you know that's life and that's fine they deserve to have their their retirement everything else but the point is that you are making huge ecological changes huge evolutionary changes by virtue of what you're doing um such that the you're actually making the problem worse you see you say you instituted this because you didn't believe the world the planet could sustain this large population and now you're skewing the population to an elderly population that requires more uh, resources uh, than than before so it, it 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 doesn't play out it doesn't at all and, and what in 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 the development of this film project andy did you take from what people would try to say oh, that's conspiratorial in a theory way right right where they dismiss it to the facts that 
layered upon facts created this entire story, this narrative that actually is indisputable at this point, that this happened, that there's validation to it. This is no longer you know, a theory, right? This is actually documenting what happened and putting it into a, you know, a film that can be watched in one setting to, to come out of it and go, holy crap, this wasn't made up. Yeah, I deal with facts. I deal with conspiracy facts rather than theory. Um, and that's what the film is about. It's about the facts. And that's what made it so compelling is that it, the facts brought a resolution to this question that had been out there for a very long time, um, which seemed to have stagnated with the government of Kenya prevailing, their opinion prevailing, them having discredited the Catholic Doctors Association and the Catholic Church, and then it all unravels. So, at this point in in our current history that we're being that's being made right now, are there any attempts globally or within Kenya or anywhere that is there's evidence of this HCG antigen injected with tetanus toxoid? Uh, is there any suit, blowback, pushback? Is there any governmental agency that's pretending and actually protecting the public, going, "This is wrong. We're going after the perpetrators and putting them behind bars or worse"? No, there isn't. And that's our hope is that this film will now bring this to the attention of people. In fact, I'm speaking to um, an African Health Congress at the weekend. You may well be reporting on that yourself and spreading the word, getting the film out to them. And uh, what I will say is that there has been pushback and you'll have seen this. And this isn't in the absence of this film, not in the knowledge that this film was even coming. Mm. And that is World Health Organization has said we want to exert dominion over every country in the world and determine health policy, pandemic policy. African countries have almost uniformly said absolutely not. So they are pushing back of their own accord, which is wonderful news. Wow. I remember back uh, in the, uh, the, the days of HIV and AIDS being a dominant news story out of Africa. They said they predicted that the population of Africa would be decimated down 50% when in fact, by rejecting a lot of the things that were said, the population of Africa, in fact, in that time doubled, right? The whole idea of predictions of a retrovirus killing everybody. And now we have people like Judy Mikovits coming from that field, coming out and going, and, and even uh, the late great uh, out of uh, the French doctor uh, who I interviewed sometimes, Luke Montagnier talking about, you know, the HIV is kind of a red herring. It's really about the health of the, the immune system and everything else, diet, uh, you know, uh, environment, all of these things impact the immune system more than a so-called retrovirus. And, and so all of these things that resulted, I say, uh, in a fear, in a rational fear of germs or even viruses that we would acquiesce to experimental injections over now centuries, much less more concentrated in the in the era of the COVID crazy we've just been through. They, they, want, they want to continue, of course, if they can continue the perpetrating the fear. And I said, one of our vulnerabilities going forward, if we're still afraid of so-called germs and viruses, then we're always going to be vulnerable to the elite ruling medical class or those that dominate and control it to put a narrative out there that causes us to put our guard down again and say, well, we can't protect ourselves. Come on in, Big Pharma. You can inject us or our children. And I think moving forward, we've got to work a lot harder or better or more efficiently to dissolve that irrational fear. And let's talk about the genuine fear of toxic poisons and food that is devoid of vitamins, minerals, and trace minerals resulting in all kinds of immunological havoc, not a lack of an injection, for instance. Yeah, fear has been 
there are two two factors that you you read in Peter Dajak's early email where he spells out how they need to create this this sort of aura of mass panic and fear was one and profit was the other. If we can if we can get people on the industry side, you know. <laughs> with the idea that there's going to be a massive profit at the end of this, there's lots of money to make, then we can get the population where we want them. We can frighten them into where we need them to be, mm -hmm. to be able to do anything we want and how wrong they were, how utterly wrong they have been. And the tragedy is that they will not stop. They're now pushing this vaccine. They'll pass it for, for infants and children and they will die. You and I know these children were at zero risk from mortality yeah. from COVID infection. And they, the, the risk benefit analysis for the vaccine is hugely in favor of risk. Uh, there is going to be no benefit to these children at all. And the main reason they're pushing it in the pediatric population is once that they can get it accepted by the CDC on the pediatric schedule, then it is it falls under the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act and the manufacturer liable death and damage. And that's the reason they're pushing it. The cynicism is absolutely unthinkable. Children will die, and that is murder. Oh, absolutely it is. These people need to be held to account, and they will in, in the next lifetime, if we can't do it in this lifetime. But if we don't step up and push back and call it out for what it is, and this is where I talk about physicians that know better must do better, nurses that know better must do better, and there are still many cowering in silence and fear and, and, and that cower is coward, the base of cowardice. And it is no time to become or to maintain cowardice in this context, because if you can't step it up and do what's right, if because children are dying unnecessarily, needlessly, I don't want to see what happens to you after you pass from this place, talking about those that are remaining silent while this atrocity or a Holocaust is occurring. Absolutely. So. But uh, thanks to shows like yours, I think the word is getting out there. I think that people are learning their understanding. We do have a growing, we have a majority and a growing majority. And tragically, that majority will grow because of the accumulating adverse reactions, serious adverse reactions to yeah. the, and we have called it, even call it a vaccine. It's bioengineering. It's a genetic engineering experiment and it's entirely an experiment. Yeah. And the fear is that with the failure, what we see now with the traditional vaccines like measles, mumps, rubella and others, they are failing globally. As you know, Merck are in court for falsifying data on their mumps vaccine because it did not work. The, mump, the measles mm -hmm. vaccine is not working. We now see the emergence of resistant strains of measles virus in the face and because of vaccination and so and my fear is that they are going to use this same rna technology to replace those failing vaccines and that will be an utter catastrophe well and the illusion that they could replace uh natural immunity and a natural immune system as we've seen with the mrna jabs they actually displace the immune response, destroy it. And so that in order, they'll be selling it on the basis of, well, if you don't do it, you will die because you don't have an immune system anymore. Never mind that we destroyed it. And every six months, you'll get a booster. If you survive the next one, who knows how many you can take. Some people could only take one, some only two, some only three. And uh, the, the disaster continues. Now, Andy, on this film, Infertility, a Diabolical Agenda, you know, going back to the vax from cover up to catastrophe, it was really going out through uh, 
the film festivals and it was in theaters is is has that day gone by are we now at the point of let's just get people plugged in directly watch it at home are we seeing any screenings in theaters what's the the movement forward with this new film well when we released um 1986 the act we did so mm -hmm. in the midst of a, a rather unusual situation in fact unique in human experience one was the closing of the movie theaters due to covid and the other was censorship occurring at the same time so how were we ever going to show this movie and the wonderful thing about americans is their ability to, to adapt mm -hmm. and to develop new systems new platforms new ways of getting it out there and so we've learned from that and it's been we've put this out um for free on multiple different platforms um as many as possible to circumvent this uh, censorship problem and um it's working very well uh it new platforms are coming online all the time and we are engaging with those to uh increase the the, the sort of reach of this film mm -hmm. but we will need to adapt in future we will need to devise systems that i mean we saw this with uh, dinesh d'souza's 2000 mules similar situation and he managed to get it into 400 theaters across america prior to the, the you know the online release of the film and that was a smart move and that can, there are organizations that allow that they allow you to buy the mm -hmm. theater on sort of uh nights when not many people go you know monday through thursday and then that works very well so that people can enjoy the movie experience in the theater but we are having to adapt we are having to develop new systems to get the film out there um and we will we will prevail it will work and they will keep coming after us and we will keep innovating. And Andy, if you're giving this away for free, the question has to be asked, how can you be supported to do more projects? I mean, there's obviously expense in, in, in putting a project like this together. Uh, I'm grateful that it can be spread for free. That's important because, well, uh, people need to know this more than ever before, but how can people support this project and others? Well, that's wonderful. Thank you very much for asking. This was funded by Children's Health Defense, Bobby Kennedy's organization, and I merely came in to write and direct the film. And, and so uh, all credit to, to Bobby for that. Um, going forward, we're now in the midst of pre-production on a major uh, full-length narrative feature film, rather like an Aaron Brockovich or The Big Short or The Insider. So a little departure for us, very, very exciting times. Uh, we will start, hopefully production, we will start, we've already started a little bit of production, but main production will start in October. And we need help with that, we need financial help. It's not a big budget film, but we do need help. And uh, we've pared it back to the bare minimum. We've taken on a, a bunch of people, wonderfully, who have rejected Hollywood. Hollywood have said, you, if you're going to continue as an actor or a cinematographer, you've got to get fully vaccinated. And they just said, no, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Career at this point is on hold. They've left Hollywood and we've picked many of them up. And it's been it's fantastic because we're able to offer a safe haven to for people to practice their art, their craft um, and do so without being coerced into doing something that they innately sense that is, is not good for them. So. It's a, it's a very exciting time. It's it's certainly a very different time in filmmaking, but the art is to adapt to yeah. and to to see what is coming 
and to anticipate it, to act accordingly, and to keep getting the story out there. So is this next project going through Seventh Chakra Films, or is it? This will go through probably a, a company called Seven Fathom Films. Seven Fathom, we okay. Company for each film. Mm -hmm. uh, and this will be Seven Fathom Films. But uh, if you go to 1986theact.com, 1986theact.com, uh, then you can contact us and help us get this movie made. So if there are people out there with means who want to avert a major catastrophe and bring this COVID audience across the bridge to the fact that this has been happening in the childhood vaccine schedule, mm -hmm. had it since the beginning, then uh, this is the film for you. It's going to be it's going to be huge. Andy, my friend, thank you again for all that you do. Uh, are you going to be at any upcoming events we should know about? I'm cutting back only because we're so busy with production and pre-production that I uh, traveling is problematic. I do have a couple of meetings that I'm going to, but trying very hard to cut back on that until we get to the end of, 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 of post. Okay. But for now, your weekend movie screening I'm not going to say orders, but I would highly recommend it is to go to infertilitymovie.org for the movie, this new documentary film, Infertility, A Diabolical Agenda. Uh, remember that quote, Dr. Stephen uh, Karanja is right there. When they are through with Africa, they're coming for you. And it's apparent they're already coming for all of y'all as we've discussed infertility issues with the COVID jab. But this goes into a whole other story that preceded it that would have precluded anybody listening to the WHO as a credible authority on this or any other health matter. And Andy, thank you for bringing that to our attention and, and the world's attention. I hope everybody downloads and watches this film. And thanks for, to Bobby Kennedy and Children's Health Defense for making this available for free. Great. Thank you very much, Robert. Great to be on. All right. That's Dr. Andy Wakefield. Always good to have him on board and great work that he's doing. Thank you all for being here. I understand we're still banned on Facebook today. And so welcome if you're coming over on uh, robertscatbell.com uh, slash listen. The chat room is open. Uh, we've got a whole lot or hour of broadcast healing to head into the weekend here. And I'm just, uh, I'm just glad I've been, I think home for a week. And I, this is crazy. This is really great. I don't have to travel this weekend and it's father's day coming up. My gosh, that's going to be, I don't know, hopefully relaxing for all you dads out there doing what you love to do. Uh, second hour coming up. We're going to talk about, uh, with Jocelyn Durant, uh, new guest on the Robert Scavell show, difficult personalities to deal with. Anybody have, have that? Do you have a difficult personality? We're going to confront some of those harsh realities, hopefully in a positive, powerful, and uplifting manner, uh, as we like to do here. And once again, thank you for being here. We've got some upcoming events we're going to go, go through as well. Links are in the show notes to the articles that we got. Sign up for email alerts. If you haven't figured out how to do that via text, text RSB. Those are my initials, RSB, to 22828. 22828. Text RSB to that, and you'll, you'll be prompted to sign up for email alerts. We've got our big... AMA, not this Saturday, but next. Uh, for those of you uh, watching or listening live, this is June 17th edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show 2022. The 25th of June is our next um, Ask Me Anything, a Saturday event, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Love for you to be part of the patron support, helping us to do these things and give away some really cool stuff. I'm going to be talking about that when we come back as well. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Andy Wakefield. And the power to heal is yours. We'll be right back.
Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, glitching the uh, broadcast matrix there, I think. I don't know what's happening, but we're still banned on uh, Facebook, apparently, from yesterday's non-hate speech, hate speech, whatever that was. And, well, we carry on. You guys and gals that find us at robertscatbell.com or various different uh, podcast sites later, we still are going out. And I don't know, maybe we'll get back on the Facebook as well. But remember, they're so terrified that you'll learn about the facts about your immune system, much less about life itself and the truths that uh, emanate from a far higher place than government and government agencies like FDA or non-governmental agencies like WHO. Uh, Their desperate attempts at censorship are failing. In fact, every time they try to stop us from broadcasting, more of you discover us and welcome everybody that has just now come on board. I know that many of you have requested information about reversing, if possible, the COVID jab, the adverse events, or the adverse events yet to be. Uh, I'm working on an ebook to release uh, to our uh, viewers, listeners. Uh, sign up for email alerts. You'll get uh, first uh, access to that. Or uh, for those of you who haven't signed up yet, again, we'll let you know how to do that. But you can text uh, RSB to 22828 to get plugged in. Um, we've got some upcoming events to cover here, real quick. I also want to uh, give a quick shout out. Uh, to our friends at Nutritional Frontiers and not only their wonderful certified organic U.S. grown CBD, the hemp products that they have, and you can go to CBDNF.com if you haven't done so already. You can sign up there to become a customer. There's a drop-down menu. Robert Scott Bell Show is, is listed. Click that. They'll know immediately where, where you're coming from. And if you're in the United States, they're going to send you a nice care package, thank you, gifts, samples to try. And then you'll likely go, oh, this is awesome. I want to buy some. Use the code RSB15. When you do that, you'll save 15% even on sale items. So you get the best deal anywhere because you're here with us on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Shout out to Jamie Dorley and the gang at Nutritional Frontiers. I'll be speaking and emceeing an event for them August the 6th, I believe it is. Yes, that's a Saturday, uh, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., The Journey of Healthcare with uh, Judy Mikovits, Tracy Straup, Dr. Len, and Jamie Dorley, and I look forward to seeing you at that event in uh, Pittsburgh, uh, PA. Uh, I've got another event coming back out there. Also, uh, you know, I mentioned the IGF-1 uh, Plus. You buy one, you get two free items, and if you go, just click the link. I think that's as easy as you could do. There's a banner at robertscatbell.com on it, and uh, like I said, I'm I'm pumping up the muscles. Look out, Ty Bollinger. I'm coming for you, my buddy, my brother, <laughs> and having, I had a great week of working out now that I've been back home. And in fact, recovery faster. Remember, I was telling you a little bit about that injury in my elbow. Of course, I took some time off because I was traveling for almost three weeks. I only got a couple of workouts in, but it was like, you know what? I'm going to take time to rest. It was like my body saying, all right, rest, reset, and you got a new platform to move forward with. And this week has been tremendous. I've been able to really crank it out. Of course, doing the cardio miracle every morning, getting oxygen flowing back in and uh, just clipping along beautifully. And today, in fact, I got the pulse points in nine rounds that it usually takes me 12 to 14 rounds by Friday to get to. So I was able to more efficiently work harder today and achieve my goals in terms of pulse points in my workout. Again, coming through four straight days in a row at this elder age, uh, for those of you who know how long I've been on the planet. So very cool stuff there. Also uh, chilling out as I read these articles about the COVID jabs and now you know learning about the HCG shots disguised as tetanus toxoid vaccines this super mush is a certified organic formula also in addition to the cbd that i'm doing now to chill 
This is a daily chill. There are two other formulas, Superdon. You have them, I think, accessible. I hope you have them available because uh, this is a fun new product. We love mushrooms here, and these are organic, fully organic, clean products. <clears throat> Super, do you have that little uh, mushroom Let's logo on your microphone? You've got the daily chill. I've got yeah. the daily immunity. Yep, that's another good thing. Yep. And the daily energy, which is the one that I like. So I know you sent an email blast. Is there a banner up at the website as well to access that? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. You don't know. Good question. I asked the good questions here. I don't remember. I've been doing so much with banners and, and stuff yeah. and everything lately. I can't remember if I got that one up yet or not. Okay. I got the, uh, well, we, we haven't talked about that yet. That'll be Yeah, we will. But. Well, the Red Pill Expo is coming up July 9th and 10th. Uh, I, and Superdon, you were going to say, did you did you get a link or, or you can't? We, we we don't have an official link for the tickets for that. Not for tickets, no. Okay. We've got we've got uh, a link for the Red Pill University. Okay. Um, which you can go through there in order to order the tickets, but I don't think we've got like a special deal a direct link tickets. yet. Okay. Yeah. Well, whenever you get them, we like to see you there, Indianapolis, Indiana. I think there's abilities to watch live from all over the world, July 9th and 10th, Indianapolis, Indiana, Red Pill Expo. Uh, we already mentioned the journey uh, to through healthcare in Pittsburgh. We've got the Autism One Conference coming up. Uh, that's August 18th, 19th, and 20th, 21st as well. And we're going to honor Ed Oranga, who who passed away you know, some months ago now. Terry's carrying on with others. And thank you for everybody that are planning to be at Autism One and support them. And I'm looking forward to being there and presenting on copper for everybody, the whole community. Uh, we also have the 13th U.S. Health Freedom Congress coming to St. Paul, Minnesota, September 23rd and 24th. Uh, the Wellness Parenting Revolution Health and Freedom Summit in Expo, Orlando, Florida, October 7th through 9th. And that's going to be a big one down in Orlando. And then the following week, the 15th and 16th, it's a Saturday, Sunday at Tinley Park Exposition Center just outside of Chicago, the Health Freedom Expo, TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. Also, they're running the special through June, the end of June. If you're wanting to exhibit, they've got a 100 bucks off special. If your products or services uh, bode well for the health freedom community, and if you're part of this audience, you'll want to be there. Shout out to everybody that's in support of that. And it's just a great weekend. So we've got a bunch of things coming up. More to add to the list as we uh, as we know about them. We'll put them up there because there's another event outside of Pittsburgh after that, the week after that in October. We'll let you know about and uh, and more. So with that, Super Don, shall we talk about difficult personalities? I don't usually say Super Don and difficult personalities in the same sentence because you're pretty easygoing, even when you have that get off my lawn vibe happening. I have to say, <laughs> it takes a lot, maybe a lack of sleep to ever get you into that space. Are you chuckling or are you mad at me? Yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah, whatever. All right. We got it. <laughs> so, my dear friend, like an adopted mom to me, in addition to my mom, uh, Ann Archer Butcher, uh, she connected us with author uh, and, and special guest this hour, Jocelyn Durand. And we're going to find all about uh, what she has learned on her journey into health and healing of the mind or personalities. And has anybody ever had to deal with a difficult personality? Do you have a difficult personality? Let's find out. Jocelyn, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Well, nice to see you. Nice to be with you, Robert. Well, that accent is lovely. Where is it from originally? Yeah, it's from Canada, from Quebec. Oh, Quebec. Okay. <laughs> French Canadian. Oh, yeah. Now, are they going to succeed and become their own country now? Are they disgusted with Trudeau as well? <laughs> well, I'm not very political in that sense, but, you know, the debate is always coming 
on and off. So we'll see where this one's going to lead. But. Talk about <laughs> a difficult personality. I'm just going to throw it out there. Now, I, I've been to Quebec. My journey to Quebec many years ago it was lovely. My wife and I went up, and I had a great connection with the people there. And, and I just loved going up there. I just, uh, I know that, uh, having grown up in there, it's a whole different culture. In fact, even though it's on North America, I felt more like I was in Europe, uh, when I was there as well. Is that where you studied and, and learned about difficult personalities? It was the French Canadians. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's an interesting question. <laughs> well, I must say that, yeah, that gave me a little bit of practice, but I'm born in Montreal where it's a little more universal, I would say. Quebec City is definitely very French in influence in the culture. And if you want to immerse into the French culture even more, yes, Quebec City will, will give you that. Montreal is a little more international and uh, it took me a while to get to the English, but finally I got to it and uh, very happy about it because now I can reach much more people than I could at the time. Fantastic. Now, there's a website we have linked up in today's show notes, y'all, at robertscottbell.com, consciousness360.com. I, I love that name because for me, uh, it, it connotes a, an imagery of having an awareness that's all around you, up above, I mean, being very aware of uh, of life itself. And in that context, then maybe we can navigate what we call or what you call difficult personalities. Yes, absolutely. From that point of view where we, we learn more about the subtle and the complex side of these personality. Um, what I'm bringing there, you know, and I learned it in my childhood is that uh, emotions could make you sick as well as well as a being a, a in a toxic environment could also make you seriously sick so i think that's why i bring this webinar because it's so important that people can detect uh the personality disorder uh people that are around them and there's quite a great number and uh, people feel like maybe it's just a, a chance that someone has these extreme behavior but it's not there 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 are many people around us and uh, whether it's in our family, at job, friends, uh, we jump really, really fast uh, on the media to connect with people that we don't know that, um, and we open up to our uh, intimate quite often in our, our personal and our career, and we make ourselves very vulnerable because many of these personalities can be very, very charming and, and pleasant at the beginning, but also turn to be very dangerous. Hmm. One of the things on your website that if you scroll into the about me section, it talks about Jocelyn Duran and it talks about advanced workshops and webinars. And it talks about your latest one on dealing with difficult behaviors. Yes. Uh, and, and and is this something that's an ongoing? Is there a, a workshop or a webinar we should know about and connect to? Well, it's not there yet. It's going to be there in the fall. Okay. That workshop I've been delivering intensely at the university for years but now, and it covers the whole spectrum of where the difficulty is coming from communication up to uh, uh, psychopathy. So it's pretty broad. And also what are the tools uh, that, so how to recognize them from different places of where the difficult is so that you can target very well the tool you need or the intervention you need to help yourself. That's very useful. It's gonna come as a two day seminar in the fall. Mm -hmm. One yeah. of the most difficult personalities and perhaps dangerous ones that are discussed from time to time are, are called sociopaths. Yeah. And, and it seems to be something that 
is not an isolated incident. There are a lot of folks going through life either being subjected to people who are sociopaths or are so sociopaths. Subject and it's like there's so much mystery there how people get trapped in those relationships with people that are uncaring, unfeeling, and manipulative and dangerous and all of that. Is that like the most extreme example of personality disorders or, or difficult ones? I'd say it's very close to. I think the most extreme is the psychopath. Um, because, uh, you know, we tend sociopathy rather than more like a con artist. They're going to lie to you. They're going to cheat. Um, they're going to manipulate you. And yes, they don't have any remorse and, uh, or guilt about any of what they're doing. Do you, um, you find that sociopaths gravitate to government work more than anything? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, I think where it leads me is to, uh, since it's so prevalent, how come there's not more education related to uh, the effect and how it affects people around all those personalities? You think of one out of five in the United States, one of five people has a personality disorder. Hmm. One, one out of 25 is a psychopath. So think of a party where you go and you meet and you have 50 people, you know, they're that you could be targeted because that's what psychopaths do. They listen to what you say. If you feel lonely, if you lost your job, they're looking for someone to comfort you. They will target you, and then that's it. And, and if you not, if you don't protect yourself, you don't keep your information for you, and you open up, and um, because they're very charming at the beginning, uh, now you become susceptible to be caught in the web of something that's going to create a lot of a headache and a lot of heartaches to you. So you better know it before. I find, I find a lot of women that have come out and said that they have kind of been stuck in a pattern of being with men who are sociopaths, who are manipulative and lying and, uh, and they use guilt and other, other mechanisms to keep their prey in this case trapped in such a circumstance. Have you uh, developed in the course of your study uh, ways to help people uh, break that pattern or cycle? Yes. Now you're talking of sociopaths. It's very close to psychopaths. Mm -hmm. And um, what's surprising, I think, in these cases is um, one would think that the women that are being uh, attracted to uh, these personalities are dependent or weak and what the research says is just the contrary. Women that are being uh, targeted are very strong because a weak woman would not be able to sustain that kind of distorted mind and illusion for a very long time. But so they are very educated and at the same time they have what we call super traits. And that is a super trait of being over generous over understanding of the human side of the people and over trusting and all these over traits that are very good in a normal relationship will put the woman at risk considerably. And there's the one that the psychopath and I would think the sociopath target. Mm. Yeah. This is something I think a lot of folks could, uh, be benefited by learning from you. Is there a book that uh, you have written already out and published or one about to be again? I want people to access the kind of information that you've discovered and brought out in a practical way. Yeah, I, I wrote a book, but it's going to be uh, published in 2023. It calls it's, it's entitled from fear to freedom, triumphing from difficult behaviors and abuse. 
And of course, there's a lot of my own experience involved. You know, I come from a background where I experimented a lot of things. Then I work in the corporate world as an executive coach for abrasive leaders and uh, ombudsman as well. And I've been teaching the subject, as I said, for eight years. So what I do now and with that book and the webinar and the seminar is bring all this information, expertise and knowledge into uh, a way of reaching to the people who are not educated with those pathologies, unfortunately. And that's what I was saying to you, because the profile of people who we've seen lately with mass shootings and women being killed by their partner, the profile of the people that are in this process is the same. And when we talk of personality disorder, we talk of behavior that are repetitive, that we can see coming uh, once we know about them and that we can prevent a lot of the murders from what I see now because the profile we see it's violence, it's about mental disorder and if you add drugs to that then you know you multiply the problem but the thing is, is as these things are there I think that's another reason why I think people need to know uh, very, how to protect themselves Mm -hmm. And uh, the book will do that and also bring some kind of um, more personal realities of uh, how I myself dealt with some of that and became later on someone trained and professional in accompanying others. Jocelyn, I think that these difficult personalities or these behaviors or patterns of behavior that result in the most tragic of circumstances you just brought up, like these shootings, yeah. it's not like they're unknown. In fact, I think they're very well known. And the yeah. question is, how are they keep happening? I have to believe at some point there are certain entities within our midst that want these things to happen because they would be easy to prevent based on the behaviors that are right out there for people to see. They proclaim them. They write them in social media. It's yeah. not hidden. It's not sudden. It's like, oh, where did this come from? And then you add to your point, the mix of psychiatric medications that are known to remove the governor, the limiting governor on your own behavior where you might have inclination for violence to yourself or others, but never act on it. Suddenly on these medicines, that limitation on those behaviors is just blown out. And now they're engaged in actually uh, perpetrating these horrible crimes. And yeah. so what does it say also about the people that know this and allow it to happen? Right. I don't know what kind of personalities they have, but it ain't good. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, the thing is, as I said, the profile are predictable, they're flexible, and you can recognize them. That's why it's a disorder, it's because it is predictable. And uh, now what stops people, I think, you know, and the concern I, I would have for that is not so much the gun than the person behind. And what got that person, you know, because they're young men, they're less than 25 years, many of them, and we know some drug effects, more, more of this generation. And... Um, and uh, so what is it that I think it's, again, education. There's not enough education to get people to understand that this personality disorder is, is, is rampant. It is growing by the numbers with each generation. So there is something that bring more of that in our world, whether it's, um, you know, could be your mother, could be uh, someone at work, it could be uh, your friend, it could be anybody, someone you deal with. So what is this that people don't? I think it's because there's not enough education and people don't know how to deal with those personalities. They're not educated enough. The pathology is not coming out enough. 
You know, it costs more than 40 billion a year for the United States for the victim that eventually that are affected by those uh, disorders and finally think that they're the one and they, they go on uh, a great uh, problem of health. So I think it's mainly education. And uh, if I look at what I experience as a, a specialized coach with abrasive leaders, uh, I'm being called to intervene and help, but the, the, the one that is above this manager, this, that leader, that abrasive one who's very, very performing, um, doesn't know how to approach it, so avoids it, so uh, is, is afraid of hurting the person, is afraid of having legal action against them. So, uh, so they need also to be prepared into how they will intervene so that they can make the best out of that. But I think it's mainly education because if 40 billion in uh, helping the victims, you know, and many of them are funneled through the suicide centers, and then you think that the victim uh, has a problem while in fact it's because the victim has been exposed for too long to a uh, deficient uh, personality, someone that is really sick and distorted. No. Now I'm on your website, conscious360, conscience360.com. No, that's CA. Sorry, that's CA because Canada. Yeah. Oh, have have I've, got, I've got one that popped open when I clicked on the events, interestingly oh, okay. enough, that okay. went to .com. Okay. And, and it says on this page, coming soon, a two-hour webinar, understanding your personal relationships. Yeah. And as I click, uh, there's a register here button. And I'm going to click it and it takes me to a little bit more of your background and the consciousness 360 uh, and you scroll down and apparently there is a date here. Confirm with me if this is for real, because it says Saturday, June 25th, 130 to 330 Eastern yes. daylight time on Zoom. Yes. Yeah. Is that for real? Is that going to happen? Yes, yes, it's going to happen, you know, because I made it a mission, you know, that people would be able because people think, oh, you know. I'm able to deal with that. This is no big deal till they they get to that. And maybe they haven't so far, but they probably know someone who has. And it's detecting first. This is the first element of protection for you is being able to detect who you're dealing with. And as I said, it could be on the media. It could be in your life, in your family, everywhere. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think we need a lot of, of insight that has not let's be trained into us, educated into us. So we are somewhat or very vulnerable to these personality disorders, these defects uh, that have become just a normal part of our interaction in life. And even the people that are engaged in them are often quite unaware that they're engaged in them or even how much less that they are. Uh, yeah. So this seems like a, a very timely topic to bring yeah. out to the world. I think if there's any way to get your book done in 2022, I'm just saying no pressure and Archer butcher. I'm just saying, I don't think we need to wait till 2023 if possible. Okay. <laughs> Talking to my friend here, I know. Thank you for your encouragement. But I agree with you in a certain way, not because of my book, even if I appreciate it, it's very nice, but because I think it's very timely and yeah. it's much more serious. Now, you know, you raised a question earlier on about, um, you know, the question is, if it's so costly, it's more costly to the United States than depression. So if it was a physical ailment like cancer, a lot of campaign, a lot of money would be put out there. Why is it not done for something that is not uh, endemic? I mean, it's pandemic now. It's, it's uh, when you have one out of five, imagine in Los Angeles, one out of five, how uh, you are, I think you're 3.9 million 
if you have one out of five, you have something like, I don't know, you can. Uh, wait, you said Los eight. Angeles. I think it's four out of five. No. <laughs> I hope not. But I hope then, not. You need my webinar right now. So, so the thing is, yes. So imagine the number. Eh? And if you're in a group of 25, you know, there's someone who has with psychopath or has some traits. So, and, and because it says charming, bright, handsome, many of them, they're not all in the prison for the sociopath. Well, the sociopath, most of them, but the psychopath, no. Dr. Robert Harry is a Canadian, uh, is the world leader into psychopathy. And he's, he said at one point that if he would go on Wall Street and he would work in prison with psychopaths, he would probably find as many there as he's been dealing with in the, the prison. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, there's a lot of white collars, people in, in great job, great position, because they're bright and handsome, they have the money, they have everything. And also because he calls that uh, the, the syndrome of hiding because they can change masks so easy, you can't imagine. They, you know, they're going to create new life, new, new realities, everything. And they hide all of these defects and their anger and everything. They hide it very, very, very well because they've been trained since they're young. To say that they're experts at, at deceiving, at deception, the art of deception. And, and in fact, they have the ability to navigate different environments, different people to switch gears so that that person who would normally see them when they're in this environment, now they're completely different. And so the person saying, hey, there's a problem here with this environment, that person goes, I don't know what you're talking about. They seem perfectly fine to me. Yes. And that level of deception continues on as they transit yes. through and wreck people's lives. Absolutely. Because we don't yeah, we, we've seen it with that surgeon. Uh, I had his, his name, he's, he's done 20 years of prison, who had um, who kind of killed his wife and uh, thrown her from, from the plane in, in, in the water. He got 20 years for that. But after that, he got into another relationship. He just moved to another state. And then he moved to another state after that one because, uh, interestingly, the two first women were advised by their the psychologist that he went to see that they have to move out of their relationship because their life was on the line and they did not well that first did not the second did and then he moved to a third one and got a child by the time so it went 20 years of hiding before investigator top investigator were able to really trap the person so you can imagine the damage over time that that is creating and the problem is uh, many of the psychopaths, they don't have this part of the brain yeah. uh, right from the moment they're born. They don't have this part of the brain that 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 makes you, brings the empathy or love. So when they love you or they manifest that, they just mimic what love is all about because they don't know the feeling. However, you will think that they feel, but they don't. And that's why they're so dangerous. All right. Superdon's give me a heads up on a, 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 another way to sign up for your upcoming webinar. Apparently relationshipswebinar.com. Is that, is that active? Do you know? It's uh, relationshipwebinar.com. .com. Yeah. This is the one coming uh, next week. And I hope to see as many people as possible because as I said, you know, I think that many of us who are more independent consultant and researchers and writers and expert in the field, uh, we're coming out because we feel that maybe something of the system is not doing enough presently mm -hmm. to inform and educate people. 
and many, many, many yeah. people suffer. And that's why I made it a mission. You know, I started when I was a young girl. Uh, I was in a position uh, to uh, experiment, as I said, what that emotion could really uh, make you sick and a toxic environment as well. So many, many women who've been with psychopath uh, are going on a retreat uh, with uh, Sandra Brown, who wrote the book, uh, Women Who Love Psychopaths, and 75% of them have chronic disease. From wow. the immune system is going down from uh, mm. having to treat with something that is so distorted and, and they're using everything about you because that's why they choose strong women because they their pleasure is in the power. So they try mm. to destroy that strong woman. Well, imagine if uh, young girls were taught how to spot these personalities before yes. they end up victimized by that. Yes, 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 yes. Or being caught into uh, sexual sexual traffic and things like that and th that really reaches to me i think that if we do education at that level uh it it would make a big difference and avoid a lot of headache and as i said uh and and and, and even a life lost you know sometimes mm -hmm. they get into this and because i read sometimes you know psychopaths go for the soul they go for the soul so it's not just the physical, emotional, it's also almost a spiritual where you want to open a way to those souls so that they're not caught into that web of negativity and uh, because they don't have the experience or they're being caught with the charm or any gifts that they've been offered online. And then it becomes a real, real difficult for the parents now who have, who have to recuperate all that and don't necessarily have the resource to do it. Yeah. Well, with what you're teaching, uh, maybe we could transform our culture or society. Canada wouldn't have Trudeau. We might not have the disaster that we have in this United States right now with these uh, psychopaths and sociopaths in office. Uh, but of course, at the most pragmatic and practical level in a interpersonal relationships, whether it's a, you know, a personal relationship or whether it be a work relationships, yeah. how to navigate this and how to find yourself either to correct a situation that it seems untenable or leave it before you're destroyed by it. Absolutely. You know, I know a professional person, a high level who uh, got to be with a narcissist and, and it took a while for that person because they were teaming and it was working good. And eventually um, he started you know, having double message, inviting the person to a bar or something, and uh, the person didn't like it and went right back the next day saying, you know what, uh, this is not uh, the kind of thing I want to get uh, involved with and all that. Mm -hmm. But what the person didn't know is with a personality disorder person, you never, never tell them first they have a personality disorder, second, that they're doing anything wrong because especially narcissists because that's the last thing they want to hear they you know they don't they have a fear of being inferior so they will always want to be on top of you so and it looked like everything was fine uh, after she opened up but uh, not too long after that he started sabotaging her career he started having her not come to meetings um telling bad rumors about her so when you're with a narcissist and i would say even other personality disorder like borderline like mm -hmm. a dramatic and a con artist you do not open up because there's no way to have a dialogue with personality disorder people are not aware they don't know they have a problem 
and you think they know so you're going to go logically into talking to them you know when that happened i didn't like that like normal conflict resolution it don't work with them they receive that as a threat so therefore you want to keep your cards and you develop another strategy into how you're going to slowly get yourself out of there mm -hmm. having support of a colleague at work or a supervisor or something like that so that you do not create this this um you do not escalate by wanting to resolve because with them that's what's going to happen if you go that way so you cannot go into conflict resolution yet you, we do normally you have to harness your reaction to the difficult or whatever is troubling you and take it from an, another place there's a very specific strategy to apply when that happens that i will talk about in my training. webinar beautiful yeah. jocelyn it occurs to me that uh, more people than ever may be living in this uh how would i say this dysfunctional personality and in other words exhibiting it that maybe didn't before because they've been living in abject fear and terror for instance, of germs in the last couple of years. Yes. And that we have a significant segment or percentage of the population that you can't deal with logically. No. Because they're in fear. And and you know, I I don't mean to to indict the entire left po political left, but right now they are predominant in terms of their fear and they're projecting that fear on others and those of us who are not living in fear they look at as a great danger. And so we can't interact rationally with them. In fact, they are doing such horrific things within families and friendships, just destroying them and just dis disassociating simply because we don't carry the same fear that they do and the willingness to shut down and lock down and hide out and teach children that they should fear one another and separate and divide. I mean, these things are anti-human. I think they're anti-spiritual in terms of our reason for being here and coming together. So that's another aspect of a personality disorder or dysfunction that has broadened itself within certain political classes of people because of yes. this fear. Yes, 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 yes. Now you, you see one of the personality disorder covers the paranoid, someone is suspicious of everyone. And the minute you do not agree with, with, with their position, you become one of the suspicious ones. So it's, it, as you say, it can reach to personality disorder. Also, Bruce Lipton, you know, who wrote the biology of um, belief? Yeah, biology of belief says that you know the body. Thank you. He was not built. The body was not built to have stress twenty four seven. It right. was not. So therefore, what happens if you open the TV? You hear about the war in 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 Russia and Ukraine. You now hear about the inflation. Now you have, you know, all, all of these things that happens and that rolls. If you're connected there 24 seven, now you have this chronic stress eating at your immune system. And once it, and, and also I think going so much on the sex world, I mean, not, not necessarily the healthy one. Also what happened is all of this predominance also of this, I would say porn in excess in, in the sexual world that we also are easy with. Well, what it does, it's all of that brings your immune system down, creates a nation of a world of people that are not able to fight back those virus. And mm. not, we're too much um, depleted with all of this negativity that keep our body under stress. Because we know that when a body is stressed, the immune system will shut off. Well, it's depressed. Yeah. 
You're so much more vulnerable. Yeah. As you said, you know, 200 degree consciousness is that there is more to what we see. And unfortunately, people do not give, I think, enough attention that whatever they put in is going to affect positively or negatively their immune system and their personality also. Mm -hmm. You know, because Dr. McCullough wrote a very good article, I think, two days ago about drugs and um, uh, war games, war games and how they entice all of these generation into some violence as well. And also, as you said, you know, because the medication we know at one point with some people, it really brings this kind of suicide uh, thinking and, uh, and, and other kind of I uh, say vision that are very negative. So therefore, it's like and this war games. They they are they trained. They, they literally train the young one into shooting. Yeah, and that's what they use in the army. That's what he's saying in his article. So how come we're not aware of that? How come we don't give attention to that? Mm. And we don't do something to stop that. You know, yeah. we're in a world that's it. So there's so many factors. But I think that in, in my case, what I do, I'm, I'm saying, okay, we won't be able to solve this problem in the world that we allow somewhere or something of the profit world allows. And we just get in without realizing how this will ultimately affect us and bring, up, bring us into a society that is getting more and more in the negative. The hope now is how us, we can empower ourselves and recognize, detect, and eventually, the more of us will be detecting and mentioning it, maybe then something of the system, health system and school system and all of these systems will uh, back us up and will join in. Because well, you're talking about a transformation of consciousness, moving more toward a 360 degree viewpoint so we can witness this. We can have an alert system because we're programmed to see it, not programmed to ignore it or not see it, not understand it and then be victimized by it. So right. what you're doing is more than timely. I mean, that's yeah. why I'm saying get that book out, right? As well, uh, for those of you who are inclined to participate in the upcoming webinar, we're linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com today to Jocelyn Duran. And uh, you see that relationshipswebinar.com, understanding your personal relationships. I mean, this is as practical and pragmatic as anything we need right now. And yeah. uh so thank you for doing all that work and, and uh, stepping out and going public with it. Cause yeah. as I said, it's long past time since we need to engage in this. It so is. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. And thank you so much for allowing me the time and the uh, uh, auditors, you know, to start, you know, bringing some of that to alert and to bring some kind of awareness as to what we can do in a world that has become very, very challenging and not yeah. go we not go through that with your eyes closed. Don't do it. No, we, we want eyes open in, in this situation. It's too late to do that now. Jocelyn Duran, thank you for being on board the Robert Scott Bell Show. Shout out to my, our good friend Ann Archer Butcher for hooking us up and getting a powerful and empowering and important topic, timely as can be, out to the world. Those of you who want to participate again, links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Thank you, Jocelyn. Thank you, Robert. That was great. Appreciate it. Big hugs. So uh, from uh, this uh, difficult personalities to deal with learning about them uh, to, uh, I don't know, should we talk about some uh, physiological dietary health realities as well? Might that be of some assist moving into the weekend, Super Don? Uh, this is a Friday show after all. And uh, in order to get to the weekend, you got to go through me. So you might as well have a good caloric time as well. Uh, and uh, I just, oh, look at that. Look at you. How are you, my friend? 
I don't know if I like this shot better. You than You don't the like other this shot so much? I mean, it, it's helpful. It was good. Uh, yeah. I don't like being like zoomed in. You know, hi, how are you? Ah, I see you. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, so since that, I'm that in was control, it. I'm going back to this. Yeah, but it's all right. But it first works really well with the vertical shot. Yeah. And so I think that's what what, what I'm going to be doing from now on. Whenever somebody's okay. stuck on doing the vertical thing, because then it brings it in. Anyway, well, what do you what do you think of uh, Jocelyn as far as uh, things that we're not normally taught or learn about these difficult personalities that are are manifesting? You know, it's and, a, it's it's interesting how nobody nobody bothered to come up with a handbook on life. You know, when you grow up, you know, and it's like here's here's the the instruction book on how to be a parent. Here's the instruction book on how to deal with people you know we just had to kind of like trial and error our way through most of this stuff so it's great when somebody can come along mm -hmm. like jocelyn yeah. and say hey check it out here's how you're supposed to do it because it's not like we were taught that stuff you yeah. know it's just well and i think it's gonna save us a lot of headache growing up right you know if we had known some of these things but think about the public school and even private school systems that have uh basically fomented even more fear among young people and that's yep. not a, a great space for learning. It's a great space for being programmed through fear and then, then coming out and being more vulnerable, not less so to these things that might have been maybe arguably less frequent than the one in five, as, as she talked about, right. and four in five in Los Angeles. Not Michael Bolden or Sarah Beth. But <laughs> he somehow did. managed to avoid that. But Yes, uh, he did. No, we appreciate yeah. that. People uh, are weird, man. You know, what makes them tick? It's an interesting... Uh, yeah, interesting well, the journey thing. of programming, Bruce Lipton, she mentioned, who we've had on this show many times over the years, mm -hmm. uh, talking about the programming that happens before we're seven or six years of age. We're not right. even aware of and we carry that forward. And then you add to the mix almost a sociopathic induction machinery in, in, in mass education, high school, grade school, et cetera. And then, of course, in medical school, we talked about these doctors coming out and you, you try to rationalize with them about the lack of scientific basis and studies of safety and efficacy about those beloved vaccines all those years and now COVID shots. And you can't rationally have a discussion with them. Now it's it's changing, yes. But you know about like the, the so-called skeptics that we've addressed over the years. There's no way to engage in rational discussion. Critical thinking skills are abandoned. It's all a fear-based, uh, predominantly uh, well, and you know, she was talking about narcissism. Dude, yeah, she was talking about narcissism. Yeah. Those guys, 100%. Malignant narcissism. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's just how it is. And so, you know, you talk about wanting to have a conversation. You can't have a conversation with somebody, a constructive conversation with somebody who's always right about everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there's no room. There's no room for, you know, for any, any, uh, any. That's any why I, I feel for you, it's a difficult situation dealing with me every day. Yeah, I know. Totally drives me crazy. <laughs> well, here I am. We, what is it? The, the, you're right again, Robert scenario. How about I this? Told, I told you so. I, the, I yeah. told you so. The, where's right. that? Theme, Don't, right? this is not an, I told you so. This story is you what's get in the calorie. Uh, now, now here so? comes the narcissism. We're just talking about. Narcissism. <laughs> Man, yeah. You're funny. always right. right aren't you? Right. We shouldn't even talk about it because you should know this already. And if you don't know it, then you're dumb. You're not smart like me. I said none of those words. <sighs> you didn't have to. <laughs> Gosh, okay. Man. All right, fine. Here, what put, are we going to talk about? Put that article up. All this right. is from uh, CNET. It's a wellness article, nutrition article. What's in a calorie and why that matters more than the number? This is a, 
I think it is an I told you so, but okay, maybe it's but not. But Robert, what about what? the people that have just started to look at things like this and they're going, oh, wow, look at all this stuff I didn't know. And how, where can I go to learn about this? I'm going to go to the Robert Scott Bell Show. And then they tune in and you go, you're an idiot. I didn't say Come that. Come on, no. man. It's like, welcome to the party, You pal. should know this. Get off my show. <laughs> I don't know how this went off. People are learning. Some people, like, some people, this is new to them. So okay. it's, inform it's, it's important information. So it says here, rather than focus on the number of calories, focus on the differences in the way your body uses that energy. Now, these are the stories that uh, I've covered for well, 23 years. Forgive me if I'm a little annoyed that people don't know this. I'm not really. I'm just happy that people are figuring this out. In fact, it's kind of like cholesterol causing heart disease. I mean, do we still have to say it? Apparently, some cardiologists and their patients haven't got the memo yet. And they look and take drugs to destroy their liver to protect them from a very protective uh, substance, uh, you know, fat soluble. It's, it's, you know, we talk about the essential fats and the saturated fats, all of these contributing to the production of what? Cholesterol for production of what? These hormones that are so critical. Why, why are these hormones critical? They keep us young. They keep us functioning, et cetera, much less the metabolism. So the story about calories, uh, you know, indicates, um, well, yeah, one calorie may equal one calorie in terms of energy measurement content but how the body interacts with that calorie is different how is it coming into the body is it coming in with other minerals with uh fats and, and proteins and things and it describes in fact uh you know the refined or the carbohydrates how they're utilized very quickly and that which is in other forms like avocado that has dense cal caloric presence yet doesn't have the same impact in terms of instant energy and a crash that follows it like the, the carbohydrates and so if you're new to this, welcome. I'm glad you're here. No, I'm not making fun of you. I'm not really mad at you. But I told you so. <laughs> I didn't tell them because they weren't here. Everybody else, maybe a little bit. So, uh, yeah, one calorie equals one calorie, but at the same time, it doesn't. Isn't you know what? And the thing is, is, you know, I mean, I, I th this is what a lot of people think because this is what they've heard, you know, mm -hmm. or this is what they, they are told by some people, you know. Yeah. It's like, all you got to do is just... Not that there isn't some validity to the idea of, of reducing calories, mm -hmm. but it's so much more involved than that. Um, and, and it's just yeah. some people, you know, they just, they don't, they don't know that. And it's really right. cool when they figure it out because okay. they can start doing things. Finally, you brought up the uh, poll question in today's Robert Scott Bell Show newsletter. And here's the headline from study finds few people want to become billionaires, which may help save the planet. According to the study, I'm not real clear on, how not wanting to or wanting to become a billionaire becomes a planet-saving interface. I think that's, I don't well, know. Well, it, it, it does go on to explain it, but I thought it was really, to me, that's not the significant part of, of the, uh, the article. Mm -hmm. To me, I thought it was interesting that few people want to become billionaires, right? Mm -hmm. Where's all that human greed? Not that it doesn't exist. Sure. It certainly exists. But, you know, it turns out that there really are some people, and actually a majority of people that aren't really interested in being a billionaire. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean they don't want to have money. No, but billionaire, it's, it's the problems just get bigger? Uh, what was it that's uh, making them averse? Do we have uh, results to the poll question? You gave a lot of options today. We do. And, and you know, when I was reading the article, um, it was, you know, when they asked people about money, mm -hmm. uh, th they framed it this way. How much money would it take for you to be able to live your best life? Okay. Now, everybody's got a different version of what that means. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to live your best life, how much money would it take 
for you to do that. And I, I threw the per year in there. So how much per year would you have to make to live your best life? And you had choices like billions or millions or just one million a year, <laughs> between a hundred and nine hundred thousand a year, fifty thousand, hundred fifty thousand a year, some other number. Or, uh, and of course, the not sure, which I now put in everything because you scolded me the other day. <laughs> You're giving people uh, an option to go, I'm not sure. Yeah. That's right. And then, and then there's the, you know, the option here that I thought, you know, that some people would fall into the category of that they don't need money uh, to be able to live their best life. And some people are very uh, uh, awakened. Okay. Uh, to the, but, you know, look, not everybody falls into that category. So here's what happened to our subscribers of our newsletter. Mm-hmm. Here are the results as of about a half an hour ago. Okay. Uh, leading the way, and this is the category I would fit into if I was just you know playing Fantasy Island and, yeah. and decided to come up with a number. I'd be somewhere in the six figures, I think, where I would yeah. say that 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 would be the sweet spot for me. As long as uh, those six figures have a value, uh, you know. Of course, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Okay. What? What? Get out of here! Come on. Teaching moments. Teaching moments. What? What? Federal Reserve notes. Let's talk about the Fed. No, no, let's not. <laughs> All right. So uh, that that came in at thirty percent. Coming in mm. in second place uh, is between fifty thousand and a hundred thousand, which I could, I could, I can do that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's twenty six percent. Then coming in, let's see, in third place would be millions. No, no, excuse me. I don't need money to live my best life. All right. Actually, that's second place, but. Anyway, in any case, that's pretty impressive. That's a pretty high number. Yeah. Then you know, it kind of goes down from there. Millions. There were four people that said they would need billions. Yeah. To live their best life. To me, it's like, why? Mm-hmm. What would require billions of dollars? That just seems like a bit much, <laughs> to me. Yeah. Uh, especially though, if the Fed has its way, billions will not be worth that much. So, either. as I do sometimes, mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on the spot. What would your answer be to this? Uh, let's see here. Well, in many ways, um, I'm happy. I'm living a great life. Just, you know, having a wonderful family. My wife is just amazing. Um, you know, we have our, our challenges, you know, in health things that we've talked about on the air with her, uh, pain stuff. And I don't think that money is the issue. It, it's just consciousness and, and, and being open to what we can do better. Uh, my kids are, are having great experiences. They're learning about things. Uh, so, I mean, could could I in that same analysis be with the majority going six figures? Wonder, yeah, of course. I think there's a lot more things in freedom. And you know what? And, it has a lot to do with what you do with the money too, right? Yeah, we, right. You we, know, and it's- super done. You and me, we live pretty leanly. We know that we get we get a lot out of the little that we do that right. we have, and yet it, it's it's still nice to be able to do more if you can. Yet, I don't want to focus so much on the materialistic aspect of it, but the reality that at this point in time, that money is something that uh, relates to some level of freedom. But then again, when Here's you get the so thing. much, the Here's freedom the is gone. You, you, could, you could live a very comfortable life. But, you know, for me, and I know we got to take a break here, but for okay, me, yeah. it's like I think of all the good stuff you could do with that kind of money, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, I don't want like fancy stuff, whatever. I could care less about that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, it's just like you'd, uh, you'd have a stand-up desk. I would have a stand-up desk, and I probably have another computer, maybe. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, to me, it's just like what what kind of good would I be yeah. able to do with that? And, well, let's and... continue this discussion on the other side of the break as we go into the bonus round. Shout out to uh, UK Health Radio as well, and in our chat room, shout out to Jeff Herzog, Radio America USA. He's not banning the Robert Scott Bell Show, no sirree. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you. And uh, stick around. We'll see where it goes in discussion before the weekend officially begins here on the Robert Scott Bell Show because the power to heal is yours. 
All right, I'm anxious to get the weekend started as well. I did fast today. We didn't talk about food till the end. Thank you, Super Don. Uh, so I'm making it through so far. Uh, yeah. I want to say thanks to uh, Andy Wakefield as well as our new friend Jocelyn uh, Durand. Um, pretty interesting show today. I think we covered a lot of good things. Uh, you have a birthday party you attend. My daughter's who, birthday who, party. Your daughter's birthday party. Is this the one that's about to have another birth? Yes, it is. Okay. It so is. her birthday is going to be right around the time she has another baby, which would mean she's got two birthdays pretty <laughs> sequential. Well, yeah, I mean she is she is uh, from the, the sound of it, it'll probably be next week. Wow! At this point, she's already uh, starting to dilate, and so mm -hmm. and the baby's very low. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, gonna be grandpa the fifth time over uh, here in just a few days. Yeah. So real quick, Facebook, I thought we would be back on today because they reversed the decision while we were you on. You know the what? It's yesterday. weird. I don't know what's going on. I'm checking right now and it still mm -hmm. is not allowing us to broadcast. We, can, we can't. It's weird because we can post things. Yeah. You remember what happened yesterday in real time? Yeah. Uh, first, we got banned. Bong. You know, yeah. because you played a commercial that had we were talking about not having to men not wearing dresses or something. And so uh, that was hate speech, apparently. Mm -hmm. Then we got a notification back and said, oh, your post is back. We're sorry we made a mistake. And I'm like, okay. Okay, so I went and tested it and let, you know, could post. No problem. But it's still not letting us stream. So I'm hoping that it's something, maybe, you know, it'll resolve itself by, you know, this weekend. Okay. And we'll be good on Monday because that would suck to not be able to stream on Facebook anymore. We'll find a workaround somehow. But yeah. Um, We've got a lot, of, a lot of other outlets, too, that do carry us, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, it's very convenient for people that, you know, are on Facebook because you get the notification, you the can watch it and kind of stuff, of. so hopefully uh, people won't mind making the transition if it's necessary. Uh, now, I don't have a, a thought about what we're going to do on Sunday's broadcast. It's Father's Day. I don't Day, either. So we I don't come up either. with something for that. We'll do something. Okay. And as far as next week, as we're looking ahead, uh, do we have uh, some people on the calendar? Has Kevin been busy plugging us into? He's always awesome busy. Yeah, he is. Sometimes more than others. Let's see what we got for next week. Kevin so, Sorbo, hour two Monday. Monday, we've got Kevin Sorbo. And yeah. we've also got uh, our, one of the instructors from Trinity School of Natural Health. Oh, yeah. Good, look at that. Tuesday, Day, uh, Day, Dane Wigington. The, uh, oh, yeah. The, the uh, geoengineeringwatch.com yeah. that's what people could wrongly refer to as chemtrails or whatever that's what they call right. it but dane dane's really in the know on that and then we uh, should have bollinger on uh wednesday emort on thursday and okay. then our uh, ama on saturday AMA the 25th saturday. yeah fantastic yeah. all right y'all well um because super don's got to go to a birthday party we're going to do a shorter version of the bonus round and then the weekend can officially begin thank you for being here thank you for sharing the show i'm hearing from more of you. In fact, I talked to somebody that had requested a call back uh, on a health issue that I'd helped him with for a while back. And uh, he, he made it a point to say, listen, I share your show all the time. It's one of the greatest things you can do to help us reach the folks that need to be reached with this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. Two things. Uh, yeah, two things share as well. The, share the show. Mm -hmm. 
sign up for the for the newsletter so we can stay in contact with you guys and we can let you know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And, and thirdly, if you want to participate in our next AMA on the 25th, I am planning to give away maybe this, which Super Don tells me full retail value $300. That's a $300 They're giving a 50% off, man. 50% off deal. One, I don't think we've ever given away anything of that value. Uh, that's that's crazy. Right. So if you've been thinking about being a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, options on winning something really whoa valuable. Uh, yeah. This stuff is awesome. My, my muscles are getting bigger. And I'm, uh, you know, witnessing some next level And why level should they stuff. sign up for Patreon? Other than the fact that you're going to give away a $300 uh, bottle of IGF-1. There's a lot of bonus stuff that you get to see, including typically when we pre-record our Sunday show, you get to see that at 24 hours or so in advance on a video form, the behind the scenes of it. There's a lot of things we have not released to the public that are available to you as a patron supporter that we want to say special thanks for those that support us in that way. And mm -hmm. from time to time, we do some extra things uh, in that realm. So every little bit helps as little as five bucks a month or pay in advance for a year or uh, And it goes level. a long way to yeah. keep us uh, on the air and, and doing what it is we do every day. Yeah, there are a lot of challenges. I know we're all going through them, but nope. we're trying to, and I think we're doing it, uh, bringing up lifting message ultimately, seeing through the, the fear of uh, mainstream media and even some of the new media that doesn't uh, focus on the things you can do that empower you. So Thank you for sharing the show and being a part of us. Any little thing you do is is great. We're grateful for it. So with that, any anything else? Happy birthday to your daughter. Let's just say that. Thank you. I will and, pass that along. All right. And in the meantime, so, yeah. Have a good weekend. Create a we'll good weekend. We'll be back on Sunday with something. Happy Father's Day for Sunday. And indeed, happy Father's Day to you. And Grandpa's Day for Super Don. No, that's a different day. All right. Laters, taters. All right.